Welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, episode 17. Today, we are excited because we have, again, our amazing friend, Miss Monisha in the house, and we are talking about money. So, but before we get started, as we always, we got to have a word from our sponsor. Hey, everybody. So thank you all for joining us once again this week. We are sponsored by Divine Timing, which is your one-stop shop for all things adulting. They have all kinds of digital, um, immediately downloadable products on their website at fearforme.com. That's fear, the number four, M. E.com. And they're giving everybody a coupon code to use a checkout. It is WMB22 to save you guys some coins on everything on the website. Put it in a checkout and get your lives together. All right. So as you all know, we start every single episode out with a quote. Today's quote is money is only a tool. It will take you wherever you want to go, but it will not replace you as the driver. That is by Anne Rand. As we said earlier, we are talking about money today. It's specifically business, budgets, and money. And we had to have our girl back, Miss Monisha, because she was dropping so many gems in episode two. So she had to come back and drop some more, y'all. So with that being said, we're going to get started. And Miss Monisha, we're going to start with an either or. So would you rather see the future or change past? I would rather change the past. Ooh, why? Because if I knew then what I know now and I had those tools, then my future could be better off than what it already was. Okay, Sunny B. I had to think about this one. So I will say both. If these particular parameters are in place, if I could go back in the past no further than a year or go into to the future no further than six months and I, this is the reason why past there's so many there's so much things that happen in the past that all of those things have formulated the very person that sits before you guys today and I don't want to interfere with that growth and that evolution by effing some stuff up however comma there are some more recent things that I'd probably go back and redo so there's that future wise i I know how I get and I can get in my head with some things. So if I can see too far in the future, then I'll definitely be overanalyzing, overthinking and effing stuff up more. Kind of like in a That's So Raven situation (laughs) where you really be messing stuff up even because you see it coming, but it's way worse than what you thought it was going to be. I don't want to do that. But I do kind of want to see what's going to happen in the summer so I can prepare myself and make sure that I'm on the right path, you know what I'm saying, to get to where I want to be in the next couple of months or so. That's my very complicated short version of the answer. 
Miss May? You know, I always got to have questions for the either or, even though it's so cut and dry. So my question is, am I going back to the past with the knowledge that I have today? Because if that's the case, I would want to change the past because I already know the things in the past that I would want to change. But if I'm going back to the past sight unseen and just drop there without that knowledge of today, then I would probably want to see the future, if that makes sense. Makes sense to me. Okay. I'm a little confused. So I'm like, okay, I think you asked me a question, but then you answered it. It was a caveat to my answer. Okay. For me, I would say I would go into the future because I want to see what that looks like, where I am, who's going to be there. Are we flying cars by then? What are we doing? Did we make it to Mars? And if so, who made it to Mars? Are we safe on Mars? Are we on Jupiter? Like, where are we? And then I would come back to where I am now. And then with that knowledge, be in a good position. I feel like that's just not one of them cut and dry questions. There's 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 like layers to it. It is, it is, but you know, especially with Nay was like, wait a minute, do I have the information that I had now I'm going back? That's a good one. Because if I did, I would I would invent Google. I, I would have invested in Google. That's y'all, for sure. Y'all so business minded because my thought process was I would not have relationships or interactions with people. There's that. <laughs> or I would have interactions and relationships with people. See, y'all, y'all about the money. I'm about yeah, relationships. That's what mine was about. Mine was like, okay, if I had the knowledge and everything, you know, all my hiccups, mistakes, everything that got me to a successful place, if I could take all of that, eliminate it, and go back and have the knowledge, my future will be oh so bright exactly (laughs) okay thank y'all for playing that little game with me and so prior to us getting started into the meat of the episode miss monisha we're gonna ask you to introduce yourself again to our new listeners and new listeners go back and listen to episode two because she dropped so many gems in that episode and y'all need to listen to that over and 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 over again because that was a powerful episode so yeah but go ahead girl my name is monisha satterfield and I am going to be speaking with the ladies today about business and budget. I am from Inglewood, California. I am literally a self-made woman. I started my first business when I was eight years old called Ribbons and Things. And then I moved on to jewelry by Cherie, Satterfield's House Cleaning, and a number of other ventures that led me to where I am today. So business has always been my thing. I've always been interested in it. And it's the one thing that's kept me going. Thank you. So for everyone, we want to really know what is your money story? How were you introduced to money? How did you learn about money? You said your first business was at eight years old. So I always, I've always had a love for money. And, you know, people in the church tell you, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay, well, I'm not evil, but I learned at an early age that money is what makes the world go around, you know? So you can't really do anything or get far if you don't have it. And I knew that I wanted to go far and I knew that I had a lot that I want to do. And so money was a huge factor for it. So I became interested in it at a really early age. And I think I told you guys in the last episode that we did together that I didn't like people telling me what to do. So having my own money without having to go to my parents for everything kind of put me in a position to do so within reason. So for me, making sure that I have my own fun, 
funds, making sure that I didn't have to ask my parents what I could spend the money on. All of that was a big deciding factor for me. And so I would do whatever I could to earn money from cleaning houses to babysitting kids to washing cars. If it could make money and not get me in trouble, then I was interested in doing it. That's the caveat. If it could not get you in trouble. Right. Yeah. You know, if it's legal and it doesn't get me in trouble, then I'm down to do it. <laughs> Go for it. Do yeah. do do what you got to do. Yeah. So since you've been having all of these businesses and you've had all this experience with money and, and being able to have access to it, what did you learn about budgeting for personal use as well as budgeting for your different businesses? So for my father, right, back in the 80s, $5 for a kid was a decent amount of money, right? And my father would tell us, you can spend two, you can save two, and you can put one in offering. So that's what we did. For every $5 we got for allowance, $2 can be spent, $2 had to be saved, $1 had to go back into the offering at church. And so when I started making larger amounts of money, I still used that same math. I saved an equal amount of what I was able to spend, and then I took out my offering and my tithe, give back to the church. Hold on, let me write this down. Because... That's a, I don't know if y'all picked that up, but that's, that's a good gem. That actually sounds similar to what my dad used to do. He would, I think he would do like you save your 10% goes to the church offering or to donations, charity or whatever you wanted to do. Pay, pay God, pay yourself. And then Uh you take care of the rest of your, whatever that looks like. So those were definitely two of his very similar lessons. Yeah. So no matter how much money I make, I just do it in increments of five, you know? So I just still take that same math and make sure that I have savings, whatever money I'm going to spend, it goes into my checking. And then I take out the money to go back into tithes and offerings or whatever charitable donation I'm going to make. Nice. You said you broke it down into three different portions. Since you are a businesswoman and of course you have your personal expenses, how did you learn how to separate that money that is not in savings and that is not given back to the church? How did you learn how to separate what goes into business and what goes into you personal spending money? So when I start a business... I pour into it whatever is necessary to get it started. So I I always do thorough research on whatever industry I'm going into to find out, you know, like when I did my daycare, okay, how many cubbies am I going to need? What, how much is the orientation cost? How much is the licensing fee? So I get all these fees and everything up front to know what it costs to open and run. And then from that, that obviously has to come from your personal account because you haven't, you're just starting and launching the business. After the business is started, I ask myself, what do other people in the industry get paid? Do you want to be on the lower scale of that, the median, or do you want to be, you know, at the top? And for me, I always prefer to sit at the top. So I'm going to pay myself what the top earners make and whatever else is left over goes into the business account. So I make sure that since I'm the director and I'm also one of the teachers, I I pay more than one role, then of course I'm going to make the most. So that those funds get allocated to my personal account from the business account now that the business is generating money. And then I pay my other two people that I have on staff. And then the rest is budgeted for supplies, food, and things that are needed. And then we have an emergency account in case enrollment is low, then I can still pay my staff. Even if it requires me to take a pay cut one month, um, I always want to make sure that I can cover them more than I could cover myself because they are the reason I have 
enough free time to go and get more bits. So they are imperative to the business. Got it. So because you are paying yourself that salary and then the other money is going back to the business, do with that other money, do you use that as a pool for all of the monthly expenses or do you allocate specific money amount to the different kind of expenses? So say this amount is going to cubbies, this amount is going to lunch, or do you just send it as it's necessary for the month? So I have, so it's easier to talk about the daycare, the, um, the cubbies, the chairs, that's usually like a one-time event. You're not going to replace furniture monthly, you know, that's a big ticket item. So you want to get something that has good quality and um, something that's going to last you a while because you don't want to continuously have to replace. So don't buy something cheap that's going to continuously break all the time. So that would be considered an expense that is a part of the startup. You need that to even open the doors because what are the kids going to sit on? You know, so your cubbies, your tables, your chairs, your cot. Um, if you're going to take infants, you need like cribs or pack and place. All of that is a part of the initial startup that goes along with the licensing fees and the orientation costs because when they come out to do your inspection and license you, they want to see that you're ready to open the doors and operate. If you're not fully operable, then there's corrections that they're going to require that you make. You know, they're going to ask you, well, where are the kids going to sit? Um, where are the kids going to sleep? They can't just sleep on the floor. They can't sleep with two people to one cot or anything like that. You can't double up. So each child is going to need their own chair, their own cot, and then the cubbies and the other furniture that you desire to have then you just include that in your startup. So you mentioned that you have other people on your staff. You have like two other people that you work with. How did yes. you learn how to do like the payroll portion of that business for the daycare? So I did research to find out based on experience, how much the industry paid. And depending on what the experience was of the person that I was hiring, I paid them accordingly. You know, to be fair, I never want to undercut someone. So I paid them what was fair. Um, and if their performance and their work ethic was, was above the call of duty and, you know, above average, then I would offer promotions when, you know, you know, based on like annually and stuff like that as the cost of living goes up. I try to always be neck and neck with that. But um, if I knew how much they got paid hourly, I would allocate uh, about three months worth of pay for them in the emergency account. So I had two emergency accounts and it's really all one business account, but depending on who you bank with, you can do like smaller sub accounts and you can name them. So we had several sub accounts. All the money goes into the main account from two tuitions that are paid. And then we had um, salary account, that would be me. And then we had hourly account, that would be my two people that I had on staff. We had a food budget, we had contracts with the state, um, with the food program, they reimburse us every month. And so when those reimbursement checks start rolling in, I would only use it for food. So even though I had to deposit it in the main account, maybe like $3,400, I would immediately have it transferred into the food account. Um, and then the more we grew, the more my team grew. 
So I know, um, you know, it's important to have a team. If you want to ensure success, you need to go into whatever business you're going into knowing you're going to have to pay a team. People that have the knowledge want to be compensated for what they know. They're the professional. So be prepared to pay them because you want to make sure you have a financial advisor and a CPA. And even if you only have those two for a while, at least you know they can both grow your money and basically set up the blueprint and the path of where you need, the path that you need to take to get to where you want to be financially. That's the ultimate goal because no one goes into business to turn around and be broke, right? Otherwise, you keep your job and live paycheck to paycheck. That part there. So if you want to be a boss and you want to make boss moves, look at all the other people that you see. NBA players, NFL players, celebrities, um, business people, multimillionaires, they don't manage their own portfolios. They pay attention to it, but they're busy getting the business, growing the business. So they have a team that they have put together. So even though you're not on their level yet, if you go into the business with the mindset that you plan to be on that level, go in knowing that you need a team. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. Be collaborative. Yeah. So that's what I did. You said about having accounts where you can also do sub accounts. So tell us a little bit more about that because as a new business owner, I have not heard that before. So I'm going to take this opportunity as a learning opportunity for me because as you said in episode two, um, ask and don't take no for an answer. So... And, and be prepared to take notes. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I got it recording. I'm over here typing. I am ready for these gems, boo-boo. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we came prepared. <laughs> Good job, ladies. So for, it depends on who you bank with. I only deal with credit unions. I don't like the big banks. I don't do Chase, Union Bank, B of A. I don't work with any of them. Um, I prefer credit unions. They're more personable and they don't charge like the monthly fees and so on and so forth. So um, when I put money into the bank, I like to keep it all as much to myself as possible. So I prefer a credit union over a, a, a traditional banking institution. But um, with my credit union, uh, they will allow you to open up the typical checking and savings. And then, you know, they have like the money market account and other account like your IRAs and stuff like that. You can actually tell them that you want to open up a sub account. So you might have like your checking is whatever your your account number is with hyphen zero one. And then your savings is usually the same account number hyphen zero zero. Well, you can open a zero two, a zero three, a zero four, so on and so forth. And you can name them. And it's all considered still the same checking, but you can name it so you know where that money is going and you can transfer from one to the other. So for instance, if you have your profits for that month is let's just say $5,000 and you plan to pay yourself 2000 out of that five in the personal, I mean, in the sub account labeled um, salary or payroll, you're going to make sure you have 2000 into that account in emergency. You're going to make sure you have 2000 in that account because typically that's your savings, right? And then you have a thousand dollars for like supplies, right? So if we we base it off of the math that I was taught, $2 to spend, $2 to save, uh, uh, $1 for charitable giving. With business, you're not going to do any charitable giving. So you need to substitute that and put it for something that can be purchased for the business. Does that make sense? 
So then you would pay yourself the two thousand. Your two thousand for savings will go into savings in case there's any um, unforeseeable expense, and then your thousand dollars will go for your typical expenses. You're gonna need paper. You're gonna need ink. You're gonna need you know things to make the business run. You want to put that in another account. And so once you learn to start breaking down the funds and budgeting them, create those sub accounts. See if your bank allows that, um, so that you can see clearly where the money is going, where it's sitting. And, and that's how you, you know, allocate those funds because you know, if your account for payroll is lower than $2,000, then you're not going to get paid what you're worth that month. You know what I'm saying? And so you're going to have to supplement that, or you're going to have to figure out how to get those funds in there. As far as us for childcare, okay, do we need an extra kid in order to make up the difference for that? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so that's how, that's the way I do the math. I always make sure that I have the savings, the checking, and make sure that my checking can have sub accounts. But I don't do anything without um, my financial advisor letting me know, you know, I explain to them, this is where I want this business to go. And this is what I need to do to get there. Lovely. That leads me to my next question. So in managing these different accounts, managing your budget, managing your bills, do you have specific tools that you use for that? Or do you allocate that kind of maneuvering to your financial advisor or your CPA? Or is it a both situation? And if so, what are the tools that you specifically use to formulate your bid? your budgets and manage those? I like QuickBooks and Quicken. Either one um, of the two, those are really good, especially for a newbie that's just going into business because it lets you input what you spent. Um, it lets you input like all of your receipts, where you spent the money. And then that way, when you get ready to turn your stuff over to your CPA, or if your um, financial advisor wants to see, then it's a clear picture where all the funds are going, what funds are coming in. You, It's a lot of data entry, but it's important to do because it calculates every dollar that came in and every dollar that's going out. It just provides you a much clearer picture. So it's a few hundred dollars, but it's worth getting. Yes, and I bet it also helps you keep those people that you are employed and who oversee your money honest because there's no okie doke in, well, where did $2,000 go? Well, I put it in such and such account. Well, you know that there is no such and such account. <laughs> so you're able to true. actually keep them honest. But speaking of budget, what would you say should go in a basic budget? Because I think we're all fairly new business owners and we want all the cheat codes and tips. <laughs> what should go in a basic budget? Oh, definitely your startup cost, your supplies. Do you have any overhead you need to make sure that your rent because you need to remain operable. So um, you never want to overspend where you can't even, you know, keep the door, business doors open. And for sure, like your taxes, because when you're self-employed, there there's no one to take the taxes out for you. So you, again, you need to speak with a CPA. You need to discuss with them um, what your um, write-offs and stuff are going to be, what your depend, who your dependents are, things like that, like all your claims and stuff. Speak with the CPA regarding that, because they'll tell you quarterly how much you need to put away. And then you need to create a sub-account for that. If they tell you you need so much quarterly, then you need to divide that 
and find out what that equates to monthly, weekly, whatever your your budgeting is going to be. If you're going to look at it monthly, if you're going to look at it weekly, then I would say do it that way. But you want to make sure when it's time to do your taxes, that that money is there so that you can send it to Uncle Sam. So I have a quick question. How do you vet a CPA or financial advisor? Well, for me, I refuse to work with anyone who's more broke than I am. Because how are you to advise me if you can't even do it? I'm looking at you like, if this is your profession and this is what you've been doing, but you're not successful, then that's an immediate red flag, right? You know, if you're in over your head and budgeting is what you do, how are you swimming in debt so much? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to repeat that same pattern. So I'm going to have to, and you know, I could be making an ass out of myself by assuming, but I don't think I want you to manage my money or advise me or I need to see someone who's better off than where I am. I need to see somebody who's where I want to be. So follow up question on that really quickly. What questions do you ask regarding your, when you are betting? Because you have a CPA and a financial advisor. So what specific questions did you ask to make sure they are better off than you? Um, I asked how much money are they used to um, working with? Like if you are in the small times, then I don't necessarily want to work with you. You know, I want to work with somebody that is used to managing and handling large amounts of money because that's eventually where I want to be, even if I'm not there yet. Um, I ask how much experience they have. If you're new, just because you're new doesn't mean you're not good. It just means you're new. So for me, I don't mind giving someone new a chance. If you're more seasoned, then that's my preference. But um, degrees, like my CPA has a degree. That's what she does. But that's not necessary either. Some people could just be great at it. Like you don't have to have a master's, you know, for me to work with you. You could have an AA and just really be great with budgeting. You know what I'm saying? And know how to advise me to get to where I want to be. So for the most part, it are you are you working with people who are where I want to be or if you're there yourself and um, how much experience you have and how much money are you used to working with? In that experience, my brain works 50 million ways. So are you talking about experience in advising slash accounting or experience in advising people that are in the field and businesses that you have or both? So one or the other. They don't have to be in my field, but they could they could be in a different field and just making um, a lot of money doing what they're doing. They could be incredibly successful. And if that person can manage that portfolio, then, um, and they don't, disclose who the people are but they might say like oh I have a guy who's got a dealer's license right and he's smarted he started off small time with going to the smaller auctions and then he started getting all these cars and then he opened up a small lot and then he sold that small lot and now he's got a Honda dealer in Orange County you know what I'm saying those were stepping stones to get him where he needed to be but he couldn't have gotten there without the right CPA and the right financial advisor so if you were that person that helped get them there, then to me, that's a winning team because you took them from going to small auctions 
to a mom and pop used dealership to a, a, a full Honda dealership, you know, Honda sell themselves. That's like a name that everyone knows. Right, right. And that's why I was asking because in dealing, not to say that I want somebody to do all the work for me, but in dealing with the licensing, the fees, the different kind of expenses that might be specific to your arena, I was wondering, would it be beneficial to have somebody who's already familiar with those things to kind of say, hey, if it's not on my radar, you need to look into X, Y, and Z. You need to create an expense for this per se, or if that's something that mainly I need to be able to do on my own. So I, they do need to have experience in, in the field that you're working in, or they need to be able to research the heck out of it. Preferably already have experience. That makes sense. Being able to have someone that's resourceful enough to find the information that you need to know or already has experience with it. Yeah. How did you, how were you able to create the type of budget that you needed or, or what tools do you even use for that? I use my, I utilize my team. If that's what they do, then they're there to support me, you know? So like my CPA off top told me how much, what to, first she asked me what capacity was my childcare. So at the time I was licensed for eight because that's what they start you off with. You can start with eight and then you can, uh, for in-home childcare, you can cap out at a large family, which is 14 children. So because I was at eight kids, she asked me, what my weekly charge would be per child. She did the math on everything to figure out what I should be bringing in monthly. And then she told me, okay, quarterly, this is what you'll be looking at for taxes. So she was, she helped me create the budget before I spoke with a financial advisor. So for someone who is like very, like a true novice and doesn't even know how to create this budget, um, what would you say if they don't have a financial advisor or they don't have access to a CPA now, how would you tell them like, this is how you create a budget? Like, is it an Excel sheet? Is it Word document? Yes. yes. So they can start with an Excel sheet or they can go and get that the Quicken or Excel or um, a program that's comparable to that. I don't know of any of the smaller ones. I use those because that's what I was told to get by my CPA and I trust her. So I knew that she wouldn't steer me wrong. And then I went and read and compared those two. So when she threw out, hey, you need to either need QuickBooks or Quicken, I, you know, did the check boxes. Okay, this is what each of these does. And the one that offers the most is the one that I went with. So, so for someone that's a novice, I would say go get that because it lets you put in um, what you're going to be spending money on. It asks you um, about your banking and everything, you know, how much are you putting into this account? How much are you putting into savings? It lets you do all of that in that system. Since we're talking about budgets and bills and just expenses and everything, how do you determine what is an immediate expense versus something that can be projected projected out? So, of course, your credit. I was always told that if the credit cards have nothing to report, then your credit is not being built. So if your credit, you want to pay it off over time so that they can see that you um, are credit worthy. So if you're going to charge your credit card, first of all, you need to keep it below 30%. But then you need to, um, if it's $1,000, don't pay off that $1,000 right away. You you don't want to pay it all at once. Maybe break it into two payments. So your credit, it, it, it can be pushed out a little bit um, because it's billed monthly. And then something that's immediate, well, we know your rent is immediate, right? Certain supplies are going to be immediate. I know that I always need Lysol, cleaning wipes, baby wipes. Even though I don't supply the diapers, I need to have, there are certain things that you must have 
to run the child care per the state of California. And every state is different. So they'll tell you, you might not have a child um, that is in diapers, but they're going to need to wipe their hands. And you might not, you know, it might just be a little mess with food and they're still eating lunch. You're not, you're not necessarily going to send them to go wash their hands completely, you know, until after lunch is over. So you can wipe down with baby wipes. So things like that, that you know, you're going to use daily print, um, paper, ink, things like that. That's stuff that you want to make sure you have the funds for immediately because it's that it's in constant use. And so you said something about a word that um, new entrepreneurs may know, or I'm hoping that they're starting to get into business credit. How does one, especially if they're new, establish business credit? It's called a DNB number. It's done in Bradstreet, right? They need to Google that. I am not a professional. I literally listen to my team because they are the professional. Like I can go and get the business. I can teach your child, right? I went back to school for my degree in child development. So I can teach your kid and I can go and get the business. I'm a people person. I'm a talker and I'm trustworthy. So people send their kids to me. But the rest of the knowledge comes from what I learned from my team. So we, we learn from one another. You know what I mean? People on your team, one might know something that the other one may not know. And together, you guys learn from one another. And I learned from them that you need a DNB number done in Bradstreet. It, it establishes business credit. Um, in the beginning, your business credit is going to have a personal endorsement, which means it's going to be, they're going to ask you for your personal social security number, as well as your EIN. But after so much time, and I don't quote me on this, I don't remember if it's a year or two, but after so much time, you can remove your personal endorsement so that you're no longer personally liable for that debt. So that's something that your listeners would want to research. But I, I know I have a DMB number, so that's what I would, I would say they need for building business credit. Ooh, a little aside, Miss Manusha, you have me about to have all the homework. <laughs> it's a lot involved. It is, but you know what? <laughs> I, I'm always willing to learn. I'm incredibly coachable because I don't go in thinking that I know everything. I'm open to learn. And as long as you keep that mindset, then you will learn and you can follow up. I don't take people at their word just because they're the professional and they told me I'm still going to read about it. I'm not like, oh, okay, then then let me go do it. I'm going to go read about it to make sure that they're accurate and what it is they're saying. Correct. I was telling the ladies before you joined us that initially I had no desire to be an entrepreneur. I am truly one of those people who likes just helping somebody else achieve their goal. But the Lord has put me in positions where now it seems like I'm about to have my own business, even if it is just myself being an independent contractor. So now all of this stuff is becoming useful. (laughs) <laughs> and right. it's things that you don't think about because you think sometimes when you are wanting to serve others that you don't need to know all this stuff, but there's that legal liability that you have to be aware of. And even if you are just a business of yourself or a business of one, you need all of this stuff. So your personal doesn't get mixed up with the business. And if something legally happens, now your personal business is all tangled up. Yeah. So I never commingle any of my money. Um, 
Um, I keep it separate at all times. That's why I start off with how much is it going to take to start this business so that I can work towards that goal, put that money away, because after that, I don't want to have to dip into anything personal. I need that business to be self-sufficient so that I can start getting paid off of it. I am going to say I agree with that because especially when you start co-mingling, it's like, wait, what, who's, where does this money come from? And who's going this? Like, what is this? And it's, it's a headache on the back end. Yeah. And then also I try not to pay for anything with cash, even though childcare can be a fully cash business because the parents pay in cash or in check. I never want to take like one of those tuition envelopes in an emergency and say, I need paper and ink right now. And then I'm going to write myself a little note that says I pulled $25 from here to go get paper. I don't, do that because it becomes confusing. So I pay for everything with either the business credit card or I would use the business debit card to pay for it. And I do that because one, you don't want to get in the habit of borrowing that way from the um, business, even though you're spending it on the business. I pay for everything in a way that it can be tracked. If I happen to drop a receipt or Lou, because that's happened to me before, right? I dropped the receipt in the parking lot and didn't know I lost it, but it was okay because I paid for it with the business debit card and we were able to see um, where I spent and what I spent it on. And so as long as you keep everything separated and you don't co-mingle, use your personal debit for hanging with the girls and going out and doing whatever it is you're going to do personally, paying your rent and things like that. And then keep your business for your business. Don't mix it. Don't commingle it at all. And I think that made one of the first things you said so important. If you are paying yourself an actual salary, then it also reduces that likelihood of you mingling money and everything else because you're not directly, you're directly taking your personal money and putting it out. Right, right. So in the beginning, yes, it's going to come from your personal money because that's your startup. But after that, once the business is running, just leave it alone. Keep your personal, your personal and keep your business business. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention as far as the listings goes. There's so many things to take into account and to write down. So to kind of wrap up, we always want to make sure that we give our listeners some something actionable to do in order to better themselves in whatever level of adulting that they're at. So what one actionable step would you leave audiences with today in reference to businesses and budgets? The most actionable step I would say take is bet your team and put it together. That team, you need to rely mostly on yourself with your tenacity and your grind and everything, but they are going to be the ones to help you create the blueprint or the, um, you know, the direction on where you need to, to what you need to do to get to where you want to be. And the path that you take may not always be like step A to step B to step C. You might start off as step A, jump to step Q, come back to step D. But at some point, you're going to hit everything A to Z. You know what I'm saying? And some sometimes it's going to take that. It's not always a straight path is what my point is. But um, you will eventually get to where you go. You just need to have a blueprint and follow it. You know what I'm saying? Make a plan, write it out, let it be something that you can see regularly and follow it. But more than anything else, work on getting your team together because you can't do it by yourself as much as you want to. You might want all the credit. You can't put your team together. Put your team together because you definitely can't do things and we can't do anything in this life on our own. Exactly. So put your team together. Every successful person has a team. Put it together. And that's on period. Is that what the kids say? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
That was nothing but, again, like I told you, Monisha, gym dropping. Like, when I say we came prepared, we came prepared. Take <laughs> Thank you, ladies. We were ready. <laughs> so I'm excited because you get to join us in our moments of melanation. And I would love to hear your feedback about this. Moments of melanation. Moments of melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing their thing. Today for Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting... Miss Jessica Watkins. She will be the first Black woman on NASA's International Space Station, which will she will be adding to a short list of Black astronauts to do long-term mission there. Um, she will be the first, like I said, Black woman to join the International Space Station crew, which I'm so excited about of having a Black woman in space. Like, I love it. Um, she's supposed to head out in April uh, this year. So ladies, what do y'all think about that, of having a Black female as an astronaut? It's about dang time, and I don't understand why it's just now happened, but y'all know I feel like women can do, especially Black women can do anything and everything. We just haven't been given the opportunities and the space to use all of our talents and shine. So, I mean, congratulations for her. I love this for her, but NASA needs to do better. A whole lot better. I mean, she's, I don't know if you guys know this, she's only 33. She's 33, and she'll be the first one on an extended mission on the space station i think i think reportedly she's supposed to be there like six months six months ish or so and there's only been what 10 Mm -hmm. black people that have even been um astronauts or have gone into space and stuff like that and just being able to have that position to do what she's doing up there and she graduated from stanford like she has a degree in geology specifically for studying other planets she knew she wanted to do this in elementary school Uh like you know when little kids say i I want to be an astronaut like she legitimate is an astronaut like that's yeah. amazing Bonisha yeah. what are your thoughts so I think yes NASA needs to do better um it's just like us having a black president I think though the world wasn't ready for it we, we still have so much to do right for our people to be accepted in a number of fields but not they they accept our men most times before they accept our women and y'all know we can do everything we we're the only species that can multitask and juggle and do everything men are this is not a diss to the men they're so um focused like they get tunnel vision when it's something that they want to accomplish but when a woman wants to accomplish anything what no matter her nationality we have to have tunnel vision enough to get that task done still tend to home and the kids and everything else we are the original circus because we juggle everything all the time Yes, it's this is so long overdue. <laughs> this is so overdue. And I am so proud of her. Congratulations. Yeah, definitely. And ladies, I just want to add that before people start thinking she was a diversity hire or anything else, Homegirl has earned her dues. She mm-hmm. she has doctor in front of her name. Like she has her doctorate. She's worked for NASA. She has her doctorate actually on research based on the placement of mechanisms on large land size on earth and mars homegirl been in them stars and she's been in the planetary sphere so this isn't a diversity hire she has earned her place she deserves her place and yeah that's just my little soapbox because i feel like every time black people and women in general get something people want to say oh they only got it because she's a woman oh she only got it because it's black like we don't earn our places and we don't pay our dues so yes she earned her dues and she earned her place absolutely 
I agree. And I love it that she'll be serving as the mission specialist for this agency's SpaceX Crew 4 mission, which this is the fourth crew rotation. And I'm just like, I'm just in awe of her. Like, I am so excited. And I just want to give her her kudos and her flowers. Hopefully she hears this, you know, mel- moments of melanation so we can give her her flowers. And yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. Same here. So as you all know, we end every single episode with an affirmation and we are honored because Miss Monisha will end our episode today with a beautiful affirmation. So ladies, I think I'm going to do the affirmation that I have my children do daily. And it goes like this. God has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. I have a brilliant mind because God gave it to me. And I will use it every day of my life. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Yeah, right I right love there. that. And I especially love that for us because I feel like I can speak for the other ladies and say that we kind of feel like you're entrepreneur babies. <laughs> so yeah, that is good that we get the affirmation you tell to your biological kiddos because we're your, you know, business babies. Yeah, you know, and initially when I first started, when they got old enough to ask questions because they did ask questions like, mommy, what does that mean? And I'm like, if because God has not given you the spirit of fear, and this is for any business owner, right? Or anybody that's an entrepreneur that's thinking about going into business, he hasn't given you the spirit of fear. So stop being afraid and just go out there and do it. Because guess what? You have a brilliant mind. You're going to get the job done. And because he said you can do all things through him, what are you waiting for? Get up and go do it. But come on with this message. Yes. Like all I saw was Sunny D and they both just like lay out. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I tell my children that every day. And that's for everyone, you know, no matter for the everybody. age. Every single human being on earth, if you did not just pick that up, audience, I don't know what to tell you because that is a gem you need to take with you every single day. Write it down on a sheet of paper. Look at it every single morning. Say it before bed. Say it when you're brushing your teeth. Say it when you're in the shower. Say it when you're driving to wherever you're going. If you don't have a car, say it when you're walking. If you don't, if you don't, if you're not walking, say it on the bus. Whatever you do, just say it every single day because that was powerful. I'll write down like. Yeah, my personal fallout was because I know you have a loving side and a caring side and an empathetic and supportive side. But just hearing that made me think, oh, she can't be my mama because the accountability. (laughs) 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 It was like, but mama, I want to sit here and complain and, you know, all these barriers and everything. You'd be like, "Mm -mm, can't give you that. Don't get up, dry your eyes, get to work. You know what? But they 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 kind of do that to me as well and to one another. So it's great. Like I heard my 10-year-old and 12-year-old conversing and the 10-year-old asked the 12-year-old, she said to him, hey, do you know how to do, I think he was trying to build something. And she was like, do you know how to do that? He said, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know how to do it. And she said, you've done it before? He said, he started laughing. He said, I've never done it ever. (laughs) So I'm like, then how do you know you can do it? And then he turned around and he said, because I can do all things. And I said, you right about that? And then- Ain't no question in that one. Right. And then while he was doing it, he messed up and he said, oh man, that was stupid. And my daughter said, that wasn't stupid. You're still learning and figuring it out, but you have a brilliant mind. Like you came up with this idea and you're trying to work it out. You've got a brilliant mind. And he stopped and looked at 
her. He said, I can. And I'm supposed to use it every day of my life. And she said, well, get to work. He's can like, we, okay. That's, can that's we talk amazing. about environment right quick? Can we talk about environments right quick? Because that is, we're about to get serious. And I know we were supposed to wrap this episode up. So I'm sorry, y'all. But uh, audience, y'all get some gems right now. Like, can we not, can we talk about environments? You have created an environment for your kids, not just to grow, but they're learning that mindset that you are actually, you, what's the word I'm looking for? Instilled in them in such a young age to listen to those conversations of, oh no, you do have a brilliant mind. I, I don't know how to do this yet, but I'm going to figure it out. Like to under, to have a child at that young of age, understand that mindset, but understand their value understand their work, understand that there is nothing in this life I cannot do because of the environment my mom has created me in. Not only that, but I have that support from not just my mom, but my siblings who all, we all hold each other accountable and you are all responsible for each other's growth and support and love. I'm just, thank you. If I'm only going to invite you to this parenting um, section. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that is, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm like, right now, I'm like, I know we need an end, but I just don't even know how. Yeah, my babies are amazing. They're the reason that I keep going. They, they really are. Like I'm studying right now to get my NMLS license for um, mortgage loan origination. And I was frustrated during the crash course because I needed help. And the classes from five to nine, and I'm like, that's my time with my babies. Like they're used to having my undivided attention. But my daughter goes, mom, you have that class, right? And I said, yeah, I think I'm just going to postpone it. And she's like, no, you're going to do it now. Uh, It's too late to cook. So hit a drive-thru. So I hit a drive-thru. I got them some Chick-fil-A and they ate dinner that night. But she was like, you can go eat in a quiet place. I've got the baby. Donovan's minding his own business watching TV. But we're a team, team of four. We have to get this done because when you complete that, it'll put us in a better place, right? And I said, yes. And she said, then you got to do it. You got to do it. So I was like, okay. Okay, so it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so Tuesday, she says, mommy, uh, don't forget you need to stop at some point to do dinner for tonight and then prep dinner for tomorrow night because you have that class. So they're not going to let me fail. Accountability. And I love it. Yep. I love it. Woo! Guys, audience, ladies, gents, young ones, old ones, seasoned, everyone. I, I just want to give a kudos to Miss Monisha again for dropping not just gems. I think Sunny D said in a, a previous episode, she just came in and like, she just filled up everybody's jewelry box. Like everybody has gems. Like, oh my gosh. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to officially end this episode <laughs> and ask everyone to follow us on all social media, follow us on Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and listen to the episode. You can read the blog and all of Miss Naysay's on where'smyblueprintpod.com, where'smyblueprintpod.com. And we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are over and out. Bye. Peace out. Thanks, ladies, for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Like, that was, oh my gosh. The kick in the butt I needed. Yes, (laughs) yes.